Sé que de lo bajo, sé que de lo bajo, Uruguay o Tideo, yo sé que le. Hello and welcome to the Ashen Forge. I am Phantom X, as always joined by Diggs and the legendary Neurotoxin. We are back after a very long break from this uh, specific show. So how, how's everybody doing? Great. Doing good. Yeah, this is exciting. We've been, it's, it's been four months since we've done anything um, and seven months since we've actually covered Ashes of Creation. So quite a bit has uh, started to happen over the last, I don't know, few months, I guess. Um, Couple of months, yeah. Yeah, um, enough that it's time to get back into it and start talking. Um, Stephen did a huge live stream. Um, I think it was a couple of hours. Um, I didn't watch the whole thing. But um, anyways, there's a lot of information, a lot of different information, a lot of questions that touched on just about everything. Now, we're obviously not going to get through all of those um, tonight. Um, we wouldn't want to because then what are we going to do two weeks from now? But um, so thank you, everyone, for joining. And, and we do apologize for such a long hiatus. But, uh, you know, we needed a break after the last uh, well, it, it was a combination of that and the new cycle had just slowed down. Like in November for both games we were following, things just kind of slowed down. And then one of them came to a grinding halt and we did one farewell episode for it. And since then, you know, we've just been waiting. I mean, I honestly, from the way things were looking earlier in the year, I thought we would already be fleeing uh, boulders at each other and doing the uh, siege battles. But I feel like they maybe backed off from that to focus on some of the other stuff for a little bit first before coming back to it. And I would imagine that's partially also because the the focus on getting that done, it, you got to make sure the net code's right and the game plays right. I'm sure they're working on it. I'm sure they're internally testing it. And when they feel they're ready, they'll probably show us. But there's absolutely no reason to rush it. Steven's made it very, very clear that there's no reason to rush this. He's got the, it's fully budgeted, you know, no problems there. So it's just going to be good showings going forward, I think. Yeah, and I do think it's better not to be distracted with the side game. I mean, this is, right, we already had that with uh, um, EverQuest Next, and, <laughs> um, you know, that was the real problem is they never put the side game away. Well, there never was a real game. I guess that's the biggest problem. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's hard to work on two things at once. So, yeah. better just to work on the one thing. Uh, um, I like that. 
we have quite the track record, really. That, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, we do. It's great. So before we get into it, though, we will be doing this regularly every Sunday at this time. Um, currently, the plan is to, to every other week, uh, Ash and Forge, like we had been before. And for now, the sort of in-between weeks are going to be, um, I think we'll kind of cover probably a variety of things, um, you know, one game at a time, um, uh, maybe even New World next week, but. We'll, we'll kind of let things, uh, we'll announce things as we know a little bit more. Um, but this has been fun. Uh, a whole new intro, a whole new screen, um, kind of a, as it says, new dawn, moving on. Um, hopefully to something that will eventually release, which kind of breaks me to the next thing. So one of the big things that has happened since we were last here, yeah, we were um, kind of wrapping up Apocalypse. They were talking about going into some of the more siege modes. That didn't happen. What has happened, and I think... In a for which is and I think is a good thing is we have now moved into sort of beginning stages of alpha of the actual MMO, um, which I think is what most people, at least those who are highly invested, were wanting. I don't want to get into well, the whole point of the. I think apocalypse. what you mean is people have been able to play. So well, uh, uh, a small group. Uh, yeah, the Phoenix yeah. Initiative. Um, I don't remember when they actually opened up to them. Was that back? I feel like it was maybe Jeez, it seems like May, two months ago, right. May yeah. or June, somewhere in there. Um, mm -hmm. Braver Worlds will start this month, I think. At the end of the month is sort of it what was supposed said. to, but it seems like well, maybe it's going to be pushed back. I, I've not seen anything that says that. Um, that has been sort Just, of. I think Stevens. I think if you look officially, it says fall. They they hope to have it sort of set to go by. And you know, fall still technically has, I guess, could go all the way through October, but. Uh, yeah, Braver of Worlds was supposed to get put in in August, but then what I heard him say the last couple of times seems like they were thinking sometime this year. Yeah, see, it's now by the end of the year, well, which is not what it was before, but I don't mind. That's fine. I can get over that. I do mind. I'll have a hard time getting over that. <laughs> uh, but... I'm ready just to play something. That's been the hardest right. thing. I, I, I exactly. sort of, you know, I've gone back through the World of Warcraft. It's boring as hell. Um, I even re-upped um, EverQuest. Um, I find enjoyable, but just old. Um, you know, it, for an hour or two, it's cool. And then it was sort of, oh, this is, <laughs> this is the same old uh, thing um, without the friends. I'm so I used bored. To have. He's playing D and D with his kids. Um, yes, which I'm going to give the opposite version of that, which is it's awesome that you're doing that. <laughs> That's actually been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I've, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do. I never had anyone to play myself with. And so now my kids are getting of, um, enough, um, old enough to, to sort of get into it. So we actually finished our first campaign today. I've even wondered about the idea of Ashes of Creation. First campaign with their characters. Correct. Yeah. Right. With their yeah characters they will all and, and they fit perfectly i could go on and on about that but i won't um, <laughs> let's uh yeah that proud pop hey, um, put the rpg back in mmorpg absolutely mm -hmm. drew it in a rogue fits when's perfectly. my game gonna be basically a giant like ai dungeon master for the entire server that's what i'm looking for <laughs> still looking for that kind of brings me in a roundabout way to one of the questions we were going to kind of get into, which I guess uh, also as a dev post or I forget exactly how it's worded, um, a forum post 
for a dev discussion, um, which is about multiboxing. Um, that is what I was doing with that request. Obviously, I do not have the guild I had 20 years ago, so um, set up, you know, basically a three-character multiboxing setup. Um, had fun. Um, that has been a question that that kind of came about more so, I think, on the live stream that he did. Um, there was a question about multiboxing. I have the specific: Will it be allowed, and is it considered pay to win? Which I guess is two sort of different questions. The the answer was basically um, yes, I think, right? Yes, but so with restrictions. It's probably something that there is no definitive concrete answer he can actually give at this time, but for the scope of what he could say during the Q&A is that they're thinking about um, making it that you can multi-box if you're doing original inputs on each box that you're not uh, duplicating inputs from one to another or using automation of some other kind. So that's kind of like the fair version and makes it really tedious and uh, I would hope that it's so tedious that the amount of attention required to play each character is uh, is such that you're just not going to be able to multi-box like that. Uh, but then, of course, there's the actual uh, detection side of thing and the security side of things and making sure that, like, that, that somebody's interactions appear genuine. They don't just have, like, a bot that's programmed to have, like, delays and do stupid things every once in a while to seem like a regular player, maybe even say something in chat every now and then. So it's, uh, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of technical stuff. There's a lot of the legal stuff. There's a lot of the design decision. I would ask this though, um, instead of talking about the hypotheticals, uh, let's say they had perfect technical, well, Let's, let me give you this hypothetical, I guess is a better way to put it. If they had the perfect ability to execute it exactly how they wanted to, no matter what that way was, do you think that they would allow it or should allow it? If they could put whatever limits and constraints and like all governments I'm, I'm and in the world would back them up or something. I, I don't see... I mean, restrictions are fine. I, I, I The pay-to-win question, I don't understand necessarily. Um... I think the pay to win might have to do with if you're doing multiple accounts. Well, but 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 see, it's a it's an account. Um, I, I guess the question for me comes down more so to: Are you running, you know, two computers, two sets of keyboards, two mice, or are you running, um, you know, basically just a program to send keys to different, you know, to the different end clients that you're running? Um, mm. I, I I can see that. Is probably more problematic. Uh, things can get really out of control. Um, mm. I guess I personally don't see a problem with you know dual boxing or even sometimes having three characters. Um, so I, I think that decision's fine. I, you do have examples of where it is a problem. Um, EverQuest specifically, when they started going back through their um, their legacy servers, um, basically you know the the, the nostalgia piece servers um there's a specific program for it and i'm forgetting the name that's been around forever 
Um, now it's used, it's used in other games too. I think World of Warcraft, basically almost all games, you can somehow set it up. But, but what, you were running, what you were running into with, with that game was you would have one person running six different magi- mage characters at once. And, and uh, the complaint, which I think was a legitimate complaint, was you had, you know, then you'd have maybe five people with six different characters, so a 30 raid group all being controlled by five people super easy to do because of the technology and and programs available that was a problem right that starts to so so that starts to be a problem for everyone else because that's in, that, that's making everyone else's gameplay terrible they're not getting to do certain things you know it is it's a game that that doesn't have instances it's it's overworld um, you know if you have to get to the monster first you don't have an instant sort of setting so when you have these just hordes of characters being controlled by four or five people. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a problem. Um, that that I can see as balancing, uh, you know, causing balance problems with the economy and a whole lot of other issues. Um, I'm not sure how you get around that. You know what 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 can be done to to prevent that? Um, I, I I even gosh way back in '99 with EverQuest. I mean, I had two accounts, right? I had my primary account that I would go raid with, that that was my higher level character, and then for fun when I was by myself, you know, maybe the guild wasn't on, or you know, I tend to do West Coast sort of things. I'm more East Coast, so um, that was especially during college days, which you know my parents don't watch this, so I'll say you know when I would play EverQuest during you know first year of college. Um, uh, you know, people just weren't on. So I, I would have a second account. Now that was a second computer, you know, so I was running two keyboards, two mice, you know, so I, I had to be in control of both characters. Um, so I, I, but I, again, I don't know how you can go about sort of. I think it that. really comes down to making the complex gameplay, the, the, the thing that, prevents people from just sitting there. It's one of the things with WoW and a lot of um, MMOs is that they suffer from the fact that you're basically setting up in front of an enemy and then you're just falling asleep. And there might be a point where you have to jump or do some patterned thing once or twice. But it's it's not very complex. Um, I remember one of the uh, former EQ streamers would frequently talked about how they would just fall asleep tanking like literally sleeping while tanking in world of warcraft raids so i think that's the opposite i think of something like uh defiance or even dcuo you can't fall asleep in that game you're constantly moving you're constantly like using active defense and such you're you're not able to just sit there and fall asleep and i think that's more what i think uh, the game should actually be doing here is that yeah there's a hot bar there's auto attack you know there's going to be some conventional things that we're aware of and familiar with but that shouldn't be the majority of gameplay the majority of gameplay should be moving and positioning and you know playing smart and actually having to pay attention to your surroundings rather than oh well just don't do more damage than the main tank is drawing aggro and don't draw aggro from the ads either because we're CCing them. Like that's that's not compelling gameplay, and we shouldn't accept that as compelling gameplay whatsoever. You should have to move. You have to dodge. You have to jump. You have to reposition. You have to you know acknowledge the fact that this thing just spewed lava where you're standing, and you can't just stand there anymore. 
that's the sort of stuff that's going to keep you from multiboxing. Also, harvesting, if you're not just sitting there going ding, 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 but you actually have like a timing game that you're trying to do or you have to aim something or I want to say revival was going to be almost like a minesweeper sort of thing. That's an active process. You can't just hand that over to a bot. You can't just, you know, automate that if you actually have to. You know, obviously there are some ways you probably could to some extent, but I think those are the ways that you're pinging the server, pinging, pinging the thing in such a way that it creates a, uh, a, a sort of thing where they're able to detect that the computer's doing something weird. But that's all for the security people to figure out, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of the beauty of having action combat. Um, like you're adjusting to, to, to stuff on the on the fly. So um, having a hybrid means you have some action combat. So that should be different than just uh, um, macroing tab target. I'm hoping so. I'm of the mind too that it should be okay as long as you're not using macros and bots, um, and you have to actually input on uh, each character. Um, but I'm also one of the things that I heard it might not be related, but it comes to my mind as we talk about it is um, paying attention to what skills other people are using and having that you know like this person just used a flame sword. Um, and caught that person on fire. So that means I get to use my ability that takes advantage of people who are on fire, all that kind of stuff that's kind of happening in real time. I'm hoping that will also add some complexity. But one of the things that I've been really looking forward to with MMORPGs that I haven't experienced yet is that EQ2 tried to do somewhat, but didn't work well is playing off of each other's abilities and learning how each person likes to play um, and taking advantage of that and thinking through that versus um, cookie cutter. You're supposed to use this form of uh, fireball. Everybody knows that. Um, uh, paying attention to augments that other people are using, hope, hopefully that will make it um, something where it's more difficult to multi-box because you want to pay attention to what your teammates are doing. Um, I guess if you can really work it out so that you are all of your teammates, maybe you don't have to think so hard. But um, yeah, we'll 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 see. Heroic opportunities, yes. Yeah. Oh, Phantom X is muted. Yeah, that's me. Um, you know, you get to a certain part in the heroic opportunity chain, and if you weren't familiar with the people you were playing with, um, you know, and they clicked it before you did, that could get very frustrating. But um, I, I was saying in chat, I'm, I will be. You know, I, I most likely, not through obviously testing, but once we get to release, I will I will probably have a second account. Um, so, I I mean, I just think of like, 
and this isn't necessarily a perfect example. I just think of like Darkest Dungeon, for example, or a system like that where you would maybe have a character that applies bleeds or a couple of characters that apply bleeds. And then one character has a special ability where they clear all the bleeds off the thing they hit and hit it for some just ridiculous amount of damage and knock the shit out of it. And that's um, that's the sort of interplay I think would be interesting that you you can stack different sorts of things in different ways and then one character's ability is that they they force all of that damage through by you know using some special ability of theirs and then it has some other uh, effect or something like that to it. We don't really see a lot of that. I think the idea in MMOs that somebody's applying debuffs and somebody clears those debuffs it's like what are you doing guy i spent all that time debuffing him i think people would normally resent it because it's not not the way that i think mmos have generally been designed and that we've been trained to play them so i think that'd also be a, an aspect that'd make it a little bit more interesting that okay you've got a fire stack and ice stack and a lightning stack on it now you've got some dude who stabs it in some way and it's now more vulnerable to all those three types for the next 30 seconds. That's awesome. You know, I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the sort of, you know, interesting combinations and abilities and stuff like that. And with, you know, the 8x8 eight eight sort of combinations and variations and then all of the other intersections that you can kind of upgrade and modify your character with there's got to be so much room for that sort of stuff uh, you know to to make those sorts of abilities it's just let's see which ones make it in which ones don't and how uh, how much variation we have across the characters and across um, you know player to player and character to character mm-hmm. how they play how they configure mm-hmm. I guess to me it will just basically come down to what is the purpose of dual you know having multiple accounts um, if someone's purpose is to go grab a legendary world boss, one, I don't think that will be possible. Uh, well, I guess it could. You're going to be spending a hell of a lot of money in monthly subs- uh, subscriptions. But um, that, I think, again, is a problem. If it's someone who's just sort of out running around, um, you know, otherwise would be soloing, maybe getting some resources, you know, I, I think that's fine to have a second account that you're managing, as long as you're actually managing it. Mm-hmm. So that is where I stand on that. Um, where I think multiboxing isn't, I'm not sure if it isn't as big of a problem or it might even be a bigger problem, is potentially in the space of crafting. The idea that you do actually have the ability to make everything yourself instead of yeah. one, one character not being able to be the top harvester, the top you know, uh, um, resource uh, uh, refiner and then the top producer of products. And so uh, being able to just have their own uh, crafting pipeline and infrastructure, I would imagine is something that would be very advantageous. Uh, even more so, I kind of worry that somebody who's doing that would maybe recruit a couple buddies and they have like five characters that three people are just running 24-7. Uh, you know that that's definitely yeah. going to give a small group a huge advantage, and if you multiply that force factor by like a large guild, and you've got 
a uh, hundred people doing that sort of thing, that's you know world changing level of uh, economic power that they've just got in their hands, just constantly running. Well, but we wouldn't need to multi-box that typically. So where we would need to multi-box that is if we needed multiple characters crafting something at the exact same time. Typically, we don't encounter that in MMORPGs. But one of the questions I have had about crafting is similar to multiple necromancers casting a spell um, or multiple mages crafting a golem uh, or, or I mean summoning a golem um, uh, will there be stuff like that for crafting where we have to have multiple characters working on something at the same time and you get I sure hope kind so. of aggregate effect um, so I that sure hope so <laughs> I feel like we don't know enough yet about the system necessarily to, yeah. to kind of make a, a decision on that. That was a thought that I also had, Nero. Um, you know, if you do have two or three accounts, how easy will it be to do that? Um, you know, create your own chain, more or less. I think the bigger concern will what be... Do you, what do you mean by chain? Supply chain. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, why do you need why do you need multiple accounts to do that? So instead of spending four hours harvesting and four hours uh, breaking down those materials and then four hours uh, crafting them and then maybe an hour getting them to a market, you've just got three characters that are running that are doing all of those processes in tandem. So yeah, now okay. you're across 12 hours, you've done the process three times instead of one time. Well, I don't think the you deep, can multi-dex I mean, also the, that because you can't do all that stuff in the same space. Well, also, I think in my head, it's more when you start getting more specialized into certain areas. If you're able to run two or three of your own characters that, again, this is where I guess we just don't know enough yet to, to make a judgment. But presumably, obviously, if I am a farmer, um, I could potentially even be like super specialized within farming of some sort. So not even just all crops, but specific types. You know, would it be beneficial to have a second character that can fill in what now I can't? Um, it's it's yeah, more so specialized. Character not account. Well, I guess you. I mean, you have a point. Um, you you have a point there. I mean, I could still see. I see what you mean now. Um, as far as you're not necessarily processing everything at the same. You're not going out and harvesting at the same time. Again, that that we just don't know too. Is is crafting mm -hmm. going to be like you have a twenty minute timer? on certain things because then you could then yeah well okay i'm waiting 20 minutes on this i'm going to take my other character and go do something else but um the, the other concern is freeholds right so obviously we know um land will be a premium of some sorts i don't know how much it'll be like arc age but um there will not be you know uh, uh, um, unlimited amounts and i think at some point way back even stephen had talked a little bit about um you know, could you be uh, a realtor in the game more or less right buying and selling land and yeah that would that could potentially be a viable gameplay option so we know that land's going to be important so you know who's to stop me from having three accounts and i get three freeholds all right next to each other in a prime spot or something like that um so we, i think there's just still a lot we don't know about and so mm -hmm. when we don't know things people immediately 
um, a large amount of people immediately, oh, it's a bad thing. You know, multiboxing, that's, that's, that's uh, antisocial. You're not wanting to play with others. This is an MMO. You're supposed to play with others. You're going to ruin the economy. Um, I, just, I just think of it, again, going back to the analogy of D&D, the idea of like multi-boxing characters like i've i have never gone into a dnd campaign being like okay i'm gonna be a hexblade centaur and i'm gonna be an smr cleric and those those are my two badasses and they're gonna perfectly synergize like every dm's gonna look at me like you're full of shit get out of here <laughs> Like, unless they specifically said, roll two of the most badass characters and one of them's going to die. You know, all right, cool. <laughs> I see. Or Leadership if... feat and get a cohort. <laughs> um, I don't think 5th edition has that. But I do think I about, like, 2nd edition and you get say... to level 10 and stuff like that and you get your, your little fort and your whatever. We basically... <laughs> Nero and I have basically done that in the campaign that we're going to be playing later today. It's That's all true. NPCs that we've hired. We don't do anything. <laughs> um, but I won't talk about that here. <laughs> um, all right. So we could probably make a whole show out of this, but um, we are halfway through. And there are a couple of other things that I think we thought were fairly interesting um, to talk about before we actually before I forget one thing I've noticed um, and this is just um, um, Maggie and Steven and, and just the, the team in general there's been a noticeable improvement I don't want to say I guess improvement increased the use of social media and sort of spreading the word like it's been clearly noticeable and it's been clearly helpful um, so I, I guess kudos to whoever decided to push that button because um, you know, all over Twitter and everything else, it's it's been good to see so many other people getting really interested in this game. Because um, as I've said, um, every MMO needs players. I will not go into the other game that it drives me nuts that's currently in development and people don't seem to understand that, that you need players for long-term success. Um, but anyway, seeing there, there's just been a very clear... Uh, I mean, they've been on some some large uh, YouTubers have, have done some videos, some live streams. So, um, and it, it all seems to be organic. I don't know if it is or not, but um, it feels like it is. And I guess perception is all that matters. So, um, so that being said, um, world bosses. That was the other one that kind of we started getting into a little bit. Um, and it was, it was kind of two components to it, right? So um, I think the one that, that we talked most about pre-stream a little bit was the idea of who gets what if two groups decide to go after the same monster, right? Um, mm -hmm. And essentially it's the, you do get some benefit if you tagged it first, right? Um, is, is my understanding. That's one. But... Mm -hmm. If you do more, if your group or you do more damage, ultimately, it will side. You also system. get, yeah. So that's that is sort seems of a, like a combo. Yeah, um, which I'm, seems better than what it normally is. Yes. So uh, I'm trying to think of some other game that has had something similar, and nothing is coming to mind. Maybe anybody in chat. Um, I'm trying to think of an example where you could actually. Uh, not tag it first and still get some sort of 
um, benefit oh. out of Trove, everybody's in a party. If you're in proximity, you're on the team. Which is, but it seems like it's got to be that way. If you're, if your node is getting attacked by some kind of monster, it can't be, okay, well, I didn't tag it first. So, okay, I'm just going to let the, I'm not going to get any experience. So I'm just going to let, I'm not going to participate. Yeah. I um, mean... You had a reaction to that, Neuro, so I'm very curious as to why. <laughs> well, it, the the thing for me when I think about um, what what should or shouldn't be available to people to participate, I think of it more along the lines that there could be whole complete items that are exclusive to the people that got the first hit. Sure, that's fine. There should probably be pools of things that are kind of distributed to everybody. Uh, experience, for one, it sounds like is going to be based on the uh, damage contributions. Uh, but why not, if the thing's dropping, you know, coin, why is that not just evenly distributed or, you know, fairly distributed based on the experience input sort of ratio? Everybody contributed. The thing's got piles of the stuff. It's not the actual physical magical item that's going to make someone more powerful. It's just a resource. I feel like it would be a lot more encouraging. And then even with that, there could be some resource the thing has. You just killed a thousand, you know, broad-leafed evil tree creatures. You've just got piles of leaves everywhere. Why should it only be the people that tagged it to get access? It's, it's a common resource, basically, that this creature is dropping. So I think that's the sort of thing that could be a little bit more shared, that, you know, lower-tier resources, cash, experience, that they're like more of a common pool of items that everybody can get for participating. Then the more rare and exclusive stuff, yeah, that can come from getting the first tap. I understand people are people are used to tagging the stuff and, and having that exclusivity. And then there's still going to be among the group that tags it who the loot leader is and how they distribute. So there's I understand why you have to have, you know, there's got to be a break at some point. But I feel like common pools. You just killed a gigantic dragon with like eight people. Cool. You know, group A of four and group B of four can split the scales evenly. The scales and the teeth and the claws and stuff like that. And, you know, the heart and, you know, some special weapons or whatever from it. Maybe only the, the group that got the tag is the one that gets it. But I feel like that would be a lot more encouraging for group play and helping out and especially defense. Yeah, and as uh, Black Viper Seven asks, uh, what about healing? Does it calculate healing? So I'm hoping that the beauty of having some uh, um, EQ next—well, not specifically EQ next and landmark, but um, having some uh, SOE devs on the team—will um, get some of that. The node is watching everything we do, so they can calculate what characters are doing, how they're participating, and feed that into experience. Um, it's already doing some of that in terms of adding to the growth of the node. So I'm hoping it can do that monitoring combat as well, because combat isn't always just damage. Um, uh, healing could be a factor. Um, buffing could be a factor. and not getting high DPS because you've been spending 
time uh, healing or buffing or whatever else stealth I don't even know how we add that stuff in there but um, you know my favorite thing to do is kind of stealth my way through and scout um, so there should be a variety of ways that we're um, defeating uh, attacks and attackers um, and uh, getting some reward for participation. And for me, uh, Woodchip was saying, uh, not a fan of um, participation trophies, but doesn't necessarily have to be a trophy, just something. Like if I participated and we were successful, I should get something and it doesn't have to be a huge something. Um, but if I participate and help out, I should get something. I think it's it's the thing that's always discouraging and disincentivizing of uh, teamwork when you're playing a, um, you know, you're playing and you're seeing someone getting beat up in the field. This happened to me constantly in WoW, so I eventually just stopped. I'd see someone, you know, they're getting beat up, they're getting bested, and if I jump in and assist them, they tell me to go screw. I didn't take anything from them. Like, in this case, I didn't even take anything from them. And they still just don't want me there and don't want my presence. So, uh, you know, I understand from that perspective that maybe people don't like that because, you know, they think that somebody's going to be poaching on their territory. Fine, whatever. This is a different sort of game. You're, you're, you have both elected to go to the point of influence that is producing level 40 monsters. You you didn't end up there by mistake. Maybe you don't want to party up. That's fine. You see someone that's about to get knocked over, you're probably going to be asked to help revive them in a second anyway, and, you know, I don't know how that stuff's going to work. Um, or maybe not. But, you know, you help them out. Okay, you get the last few hits in. You get a couple coins for it. You get, like, a... a I don't know, a few hairs off its ass or something, whatever. You know, it's it at least kind of feels a little bit better. And this also goes to something else that I've been thinking about, and it's been implemented in multiple games, is the idea that as you interact with people more and engage with more, uh, you just build up an affinity or sort of relationship with them in general. So if you're constantly out hunting and you're saving people's ass and they're saving your ass you're slowly building up like a, an in-world relationship with them. What that amounts to, I have no idea. Uh, it could just be something that the game is tracking to, you know, see what genuine things your character actually gets engaged in or not. Mm -hmm. I think I'm, I'm fine. It's like everything. We just have to sort of test it and see how it mm -hmm. works. Um, the only thing, the only question I would have, and it, maybe shouldn't even be a question um, because the original question was regarding raids. Um, <clears throat> is this a system that would also apply, you know, in overworld groups and, and open world dungeons, um, you know, to, to eight man groups or whatever, um, or even just out soloing somewhere. Um, then I would have some more concerns or questions, right? If someone tries to grief or is just following you around, waits for you to tag and then steals it from you. Um, but uh, the, the question itself was two raids. So that, like I said, that might not even be something I should be asking about because it, it technically wasn't part of the question. But. 
but but again, yes, one of the things I'm trying to understand about group combat is this idea of um, being at home and a monster comes and attacks us, my home, I shouldn't be concerned about, okay, uh, I got to form a party, I got to form a group, and now which group is going to attack the monster first, and then how do I get experience for defending the node or rewards for defending the node i can't get anything because i wasn't in the group that tagged it first um or second or maybe even did the most or secondary damage like you know how does all of that stuff work because it should just be something attacks our home and we all decide to defend it and we get something for defeating it um i don't want to have to worry about oh i don't want to be looking for a group while i'm defending the town you know um well that raises a good question i because you know the again the question itself i think was specific to these sort of legendary world bosses uh raid bosses which but, might attack our home well but there are also regional uh, he's meant, you know mentioned dungeon monsters regional monsters so so i guess has it been said whether or not those even contribute to node development because they seem to be independent of the node um you know, the, the way I read it was they don't necessarily change the way regional uh, bosses and, and dungeons and everything else will change based off the, the node or the type of node. Those will change the, the way it seems is these these I think he said 12 to 14 large, you know, legendary raid battles are sort of independent of that. So um, if they do contribute to node development, then, yeah, I would I would I would be wanting to have something out of that, not just. Um, knowing that my node leveled up, but, you know, I'd like to get something out of that sort of fight. Um, if it really didn't contribute anything, I don't know, I could kill us. I'm just saying, I don't understand why a world boss would not go and attack towns or cities or metropolises, especially, I think, if we don't defeat a world boss in a certain amount of time, then that should be part of the story. To me, <laughs> I don't think they should just be sitting out somewhere away from the world waiting for people to show up but i don't know what they're able to to do um so we'll see um with that i think kind of tied into that was also this idea of a multiplier of experience totally makes sense um you know you want to have some sort of incentive for being in a group uh right you don't want to actually get less experience um <laughs> sorry uh, we're all getting pulled into chat here um uh, now we can talk about how the bosses being on holiday. So is that a thing? Can we confirm that now? <laughs> the boss is just minding its own business. It's not out to hurt anybody. It just wants to eat some food. And Now, what if that would... Just imagine the first legendary boss and everyone goes up to hit it and it, all of a sudden it's invincible and everyone gets sort of this message that he's eating lunch. Please come back in 30 mm. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you I heard would totally it. love it. to see Do that. It. That would Do be it. awesome. Um, Do it. I'm sure it's possible. Uh, mm -hmm. Gosh, there's so much more. Uh, that's why we're going to be doing more shows. Um, was there anything else that you all... I have a list, a whole list. That's so actually a good question, Bard. Can we send sacrifices to the boss to keep it sated and away from the node? I like that. Just send crappy raid teams, and when they go die and they feed the boss, it's like, all right, I'm good for now. But, you know, I'm an altaholic, so if we could do that, I would 
definitely send some alts as sacrifices. And hey, that's what religion is for, Phantom X. Uh, yeah, so you want to go into that question. I guess we'll no, I'm just saying that pops minutes. up if we're talking about sacrifices. This, this Sometimes is, you just well, have to can. go for the joke. Yeah, we can, we can actually, it's a good transition to another question that had come up. I think um, the question was, what are the benefits of the religious system and can you change your religion? Um, the simplest answer is yes, there are benefits uh, that, that will apply to you. And yes, you can change, uh, but you will lose progress, obviously, in what you've already done previously. Um, I think the exact word uh, top tier access of religion is to obtain unique augments that stack upon your secondary class augments. Um, my question, help, I'm being repressed. Um, so this is where I come uh, into this, and I don't know if that's in regards to this, but my immediate reaction, because I tend to try to not be all like, yay, I'm a, you know, everything you do is gold and I'm always super happy, is, well, what if I don't want to, what if I don't want to have a religion? Like that's, that is a, I think a viable option. Every game you can, I mean, most games you can be agnostic. So am I all of a sudden at a disadvantage because I choose not to go that route? Should there be a benefit to choosing to be of not a certain religion? I would hope so. I'm going to bring up Final Fantasy Tactics as the example. If you dropped your character's faith all the way to zero, you were immune to magic. So it was actually a really fun exploit. You get your fighter, your 100 brave, zero faith. They're just a freaking tank out there. They're smashing wizards and shrugging off magic. Sure, you've got auto potion equipped, so they're never going to die. Um, you know, that's. I like that. I like the idea that agnosticism Isn't allows you to build your resolve against the powers of faith and be able to nullify it. But wait, isn't a potion magic? You know, it's not a cast spell. It's 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 a uh, alchemy. There's 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 physical reactions going on. It's not not a wizard going nah through the through the air. It's alternative science. Sure. I mean, they had guns in that game, too. So, yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm going to play the game to however it benefits me. And if there's really no big disadvantage, you know, and I choose not to, to follow a religion, I, that's fine. I can role play that, right? You know, but... As far as I know, there's nothing pushing you to follow a religion. That's not... I mean, I think uh, being an atheist, it makes you crazy. Um, because the gods are yeah in a world in where game. gods are tangible. Yeah, I agree. But that doesn't mean you have to follow any of them. That doesn't mean you have to worship any of them. You can believe in them, um, and not worship them. And I don't think there's a penalty for not worshiping, not worshiping, not worshiping one. Ah, uh, yeah. But 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 that comes to the question: is 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 an adv I don't know how to word it. Um, uh, am I, you know, is there, is it an unfair disadvantage because everyone else gets an advantage? Um, I don't think everybody will be following a religion or following a God. I, mean, I don't if think you're everybody min maxing, will. Right? I'm not a min maxer. I don't think everybody will. Yeah, I don't think every, well, and that's why it should be, well, it should be the RPG of an MMO, right? So you should be role playing <laughs> and not everybody will be well, role playing. I guess the other question game. for me is how unified are the religions? Are we going to have like, 
a few major religions that are spanning, you know, most of the game. And then there's a few smaller religions here and there in a few different regions. Or is it going to be everybody has got their own, you know, personal religion that they're building up and trying to get other people to join? Um, well, we're following that. specific gods, so it depends on how many people push the particular god, and it's going to be different on every server. It's well, right, be but every region. you might worship Marduk differently than I worship Marduk, and it might be that we both go with Marduk's teachings, but apply them in different ways. I don't think so, because we have specific things that we'll have to do in order to build the religion. Um, so I think the worshipping aspects won't be very different. We'll have to uh, see, but I don't think so. Well, I mean, that's I guess that's really the question I have is what's the variance or the uniformity of religion going to be? Like, is it is it going to be something where if a religion gets big enough, it ascends to the point where it's got its own pope or something? Like, yeah? It, yeah? For sure, yep. There's I hope not. <laughs> a There's a benefit to having the most religion, you know, doing the most quests or whatever. So, yeah, you move up through a hierarchy and you get kind of like mayor type benefits. It's not quite at mayor level, I don't think, but that kind of idea. There is some kind of hierarchy for doing the most religious quests. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm suddenly just, again, this whole idea of role playing. Um, I had a whole sort of scenario set up to the other game we used to cover. I think I might just pull that into here and I can incorporate it go. into that. Um, I will follow this religion and I will be a unfaithful follower. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will do it only for the recognition and we'll see where that gets me. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just an interesting question. Mm -hmm. um, this idea of being forced into a um, religion. I'm trying to think of other games that have, you know, d had significant uh, interactions with, with this. Um, EverQuest, of course, you could pick um, religion that did have some influence. I'm trying to think of what else. Um, ah, it probably doesn't matter, but... Um, yeah, and so when I think of games with religion, I'm thinking of primarily World of Warcraft, which was always disappointing to me because I would play a druid, and there would be a couple of quests where you have to, to heal things. Well, my favorite was Cataclysm. I really did feel like I was a druid trying to bring the world, heal the world. Um, but it's frustrating to play a druid and not be able to heal um, and not get any credit for healing uh, um, diseased animals or NPCs or whatever. Like, there should be more stuff to heal um, outside of combat, in my view. So um, I'm hoping we do see more of that and more class-specific quests that aren't just combat-related. Um in Ashes, but wow, and Nero can attest to that, by the way, I played D&D. &D. Um, I often try to use skills to avoid combat. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I just wish that there didn't have to be such a focus on combat in order to um, proceed and play a role 
um, they're different roles than just combat. And you know, that's what we have crafting is for and all that stuff. But yeah. I've suddenly um, have this this idea in my head now, and maybe I shouldn't share it, but um, I have this this idea of role playing into somehow being in a religion, working my way up the the hierarchy. Um, within that religion, and I know part of the answer to that question included that there will be quests and other things unique to uh, to the religions and also to where you are within that religion. Um, I don't know how that uh, affects advancement of the religion and other things like that, but suddenly I'm having this idea of, <laughs> of being this faithless one um, and, and constantly failing at the quests um, that advance that religion. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to see how see what happens. You should try it. That's how I end up with twenty-four alts. <laughs> I don't want twenty-four <laughs> alts. I know you don't, but I'm saying that's the mentality that leads me to do all that. What if I try this? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we are getting towards the end. Um, what else? You're uh, Diggs insane. That's better than what we often hear about Diggs. So. <laughs> Usually it's blank you, Diggs. Um, mm-hmm. Simple three word. <laughs> very <Refrain>. simple. <laughs> Mantra. <laughs> easy to understand. You, you get mm-hmm. the meaning. Um, so there was a lot more on that list, but we have plenty of time going forward. Um, so anything else that sticks out? Anything else to comment on Mokta, uh, multi-boxing or the religious it's, side? or One thing that's funny to me is... Um, so the subject of spiders came up. And uh-huh. Stephen was basically something along the lines of like, all right, well, deal with it. Tough it out. And you know this, you know, blah blah blah. And the 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 idea that I get from it is like, yeah, okay, you know, people have seen them in every other game. Here's another game that you have to deal with them with. But it is still a thing that messes with a lot of people, and people recognize this spiders is something that messes with a lot of people. So I, I guess I wonder now. I don't have a problem with them, but what alternative would you offer instead of a spider? Is there is there a reasonable crawling creature like if you replace it with a giant blob or something the not that you do it for everybody the people that want to have no spider mode or is there not going to be a no spider mode and people are not really going to be able to have the full true escapist experience to get away from you know fucking spiders in their goddamn video game so <laughs> it's yeah it's, i don't it's know i think ants and termites i think there's other stuff that would be just as can be just as creepy usually that's a colony instead of a more solo type um predator um but uh yeah i mean spiders kind of, i mean i think they do a good job of kind of creeping me out i get some feels from it but not as horrible as i don't know other stuff could I I think that most game developers are nice. They don't make spiders like as fast and jumpy and just as horrible as they ought to be. And so that's that's one of those other things that like there are these things, they're slow, they're cumbersome, they walk up to you and try to like bite you or poke you or something. And it's it, 
you know, whatever. It's not, it's not the scariest implementation of a spider. It's not nearly as scary as like. This you is going to so, sound heartless, but my my question comes. All right, that immediately the question that forms in my head is how much time and money will it take to create that sort of thing versus how many people are actually affected that you're going to lose business. I know that sounds terrible because uh, we should be trying to get everyone in the games as possible. That is actually but, a good question. I mean, um, I, I I hate to have it come down to like a cost benefit analysis sort of thing, but no, you're right. Like. People say they're triggered by spiders, but they'll still play the game. How do you get spider silk? Spider silk is in like every role-playing game there is. It's essential to crafting. Um, you can I guess you're trading, trading, trading what, for it. Worms that make silk. There's other. You could do the thing where you put the spider genes in the goat, and then you have the goat that makes the spider silk. They they do that. <laughs> I yeah, know. I mean, the, the the thing that terrifies me in game, well, initially was, uh, and I think it was playing EverQuest, was uh, the blind spell, like fighting in combat, and suddenly the screen going blank, and you're like, what, what the hell just happened to my computer? Um, uh, spiders don't quite do that in a CRPG. So when they get to the point that the spiders can actually make me feel the pain of the venom and I am actually stuck in the web in a cocoon and can't get out like all of that would kind of get me but I don't, I don't think they can quite go that far yet well then you should be questioning um, your life choices if you're at that point <laughs> I want the poison I want to feel the poison <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it is nine o'clock. Um, again, thank you everyone that has come out and joined us. Um, We're very happy to see so many people after being gone for so long. Um, we will be doing this regularly every week again. Um, for now, the ashes, uh, this, this show, uh, the Ashen Forge will be every other week. Um, that could always change. Obviously, if there's something big that happens, you know, once actually alpha opens up, things might change. Um, we will be allowed to stream that. Uh, well, at least that's the current plan. Um, I will be in that next wave. So, Stephen, if you're still watching, it's uh, come on. Oh wait, my watch is over here. Um, I am very eager to get in and help. Um, but we, like I said, we'll, we'll probably obviously stream that as well. I don't know that it will be part of the show. It might be separate, but. Um, we will be here every week uh, doing something, and um, I think that the current idea is possibly to maybe even talk a little bit about New World next week. So um, if people are interested in that, uh, certainly come back and join us because um, we have a lot to say about nothing, and we try to make, <laughs> it, we try to make it fun. So um, again, thanks for coming. This was a really good night, and we, we all can't thank you enough for joining us as we meander through... Uh, MMORPGs. So everyone have a good rest of your Sunday and a good week. We'll see you next week. See you later, folks.